The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna this town tonight. Welcome to Palmer Lash of a Sports Talk, Tuesday morning, September 4th. We are here in Phoenix. I have Kwame Lasseter, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liskin Studio. I am Alex Clancy. How's it going, guys? It's good. It's, it's good. good. Kwame, pretty good. Are you yeah, ready for some all? football? Yeah. Uh, it's been Speaking oh, of football, no. can I shout out to my Colorado State Rams who beat Alex's Colorado Buffaloes on <laughs> sen- Saturday? You can, and, I'm, and I am proudly wearing my Colorado shirt. I, just because uh, Colorado State won, I call it the toilet bowl. When they play each other, because that's the only game that either of them will win combined the entire year. So congratulations, that's <laughs> your one day. That's your one day, and you know I'll give you it know, to you. No, we'll take it though. It's the, it's the most exciting day in Colorado football because it's the only one that really ma- matters all season. Well, well, until until Peyton Manning starts playing, well, and both of them are going to be college forgotten. football. Okay, both college of those teams just to be good. Colorado used to be good. Yeah, I played against them well, every Cordell. year. Cordell. Yeah. Well, they had a, they had quite a few people, but there was a good team, and then the Rams were. Not bad at one point. Right. Not, but not bad, never good, but yeah. not bad. But it's that conference, too, so they don't really have that. Who is playing? Um, Wyoming, teams like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wyoming, San Diego State. San Diego State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain West. But right. it, anyway, so it's always it's good to be fun. described as not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not good. Definitely not good. But uh, All right, so we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Deutsche Bank, Roy McElroy wins uh, 20 under. Pretty pretty impressive score. That was a that was one of the best tournaments I've seen in a long time from golf. We'll do uh, college football. We'll kind of touch on uh, why preseason rankings are a joke. Um, I'm going to ask Kwame about that. Um, I want to see why Savannah State would even play Oklahoma State. Uh, I, in my opinion, I think it's they get a nice fat check for a small program. A lot of money, you know, can do a lot of good. Uh, we'll do um, we'll do an NFL preview. Maybe talk about my fantasy draft. Call me. I know you love talking about that. Fantasy, fantasy is oh, not draft. bad. I just don't have time to it's do fantasy. It's, it, it's, I say it's not bad because <laughs> you know it's a business now. Mm-hmm. Like that, you're making millions and millions. You make of dollars, a lot of money. Millions of dollars. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the guys that play and the guys who put it on. <laughs> but the um, it's it's too much work. Like you have to really be on it. I mean, you're gonna watch football anyway. But now you got to watch everything. You got to pay attention. In and out. Yeah, but I've never been on a field before like you have, so this is my only way of being a professional athlete. No, it's not. It's a way to be. Unless I want to pra- uh, train for curling or something in the in the Olympics, that's the only way it'd probably happen. You laugh, but I bet everybody watch curling. I watch curling. That is some. <laughs> I'd, fun be the, stuff. I'd have the broom. That that'd be my mm-hmm. job. That's that's a lot of work. Yeah. The broom is a lot of work. I'd have huge biceps when they for had, that. When they had the uh, Super Bowl in Detroit, my boss freezing cold. goes all the. But that was one of the things that they did as one of their um, activities for the. People that came was they taught him how to curl, and he said it was the coolest thing in the whole wide world. I'm like, really, curling? That's <laughs> I, I thought well, I, you know sports like that that I don't think are Olympic sports. I think are cool if you when All you're right. watching them. Underwater basketball because they take it serious too. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll we'll also hit uh, the NFL uh, replacement officials, which is which will make the year really really interesting. John Skelton gets a starting job for the uh, for the Cardinals. Good for him. I think it's a good move. Uh, six, we'll, six wins. 
Well, I think I think they'll get eight. I think they'll go eight, eight this year. If well, if if the both their running him. backs, oh, six from him. Yeah, okay. And the running back will get the other two. Fitzgerald will get the other two. <laughs> yeah, Fitzgerald will get the other two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's start with uh, Deutsche Bank. So Rory McIlroy wins. Um, you know, it's a good tournament. Uh, he he tried to give it away in the last few holes, like he like he has in the past. I think the bigger story here, though, is Tiger. I know I hate to say it. Uh, he's the first guy over $100 million uh, in tournament earnings. The first time since 2009 that he's shot four rounds in the 60s consecutively, which I think is the bigger deal. This It, it seemed like this course was a little bit easier than the ones that they've played in recent history. I don't think that should take away from the fact that... Um, that, that he played really well and was in contention. Well, yeah, because they're all playing the same course. So, sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Right, and, and yeah. 68, 68, what, it looks yeah, like 66 I had 64, 68, yeah. 68, 66. You know, normally when Tigers shoot those, everybody else back off because they're afraid mm-hmm. to win. Um, it's, it's not that they can't win. It's just that crowd on Sunday, the Tiger that follows Tiger. Mm-hmm. Now you got that crowd following guys like Rory McIlroy. You got guys still following Phil. Phil was nowhere to be found two days ago, right. and this guy's tied for four. Yeah, this, he's this, pulling it all together. Yeah. That's what I. That's one of the things I liked about him. Now he has a great imagination. I think he probably have the best imagination around the greens. You now we talk. We we've always talked about Tiger, but Phil imagination around the green. But you don't see him on Thursday or Friday. He's just honing his skills up to prepare for the weekend, and he's always right there. Most times he's right there in the mix. Yeah, well, I mean, good. Oh, and he talks about. He was talking about how he's been putting his game together, working on one aspect of his game, then the next one, the next one, and now he's just pulling the whole thing together, which is great to see. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the upcoming weeks. I just don't, I don't know when Tiger is going to make those putts that he used to make. It doesn't doesn't matter how old you are. Putting is putting. You know, I mean, there's no torque involved in putting with your knees and whatever surgery you've had before. He missed a couple t- inside ten footers that used to be automatic, especially on a Sunday. But when he made so many of them, we thought he was like the greatest putter ever, and he was actually not even the top ten putter sure. ever. But he just had so much dramatic when he plays it on four. We see the dramatics come from Tiger in a four-day tournament. And you also mentioned Roy trying to give it away. Um, no, I think uh, golf is the marathon of golf. You 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 can't shoot that great shot every time. Your goal is to do that, but if your recovery is where I think golf is most uh, special, that you can recover from a bad shot and not give away a bogey or a double bogey. Because yeah. double bogeys are hard to come from because these guys are going to make birdies. So if you get a bogey, you can you can balance that out. But double bogeys are tough to come from. Now you two to three behind. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, and this was and this the scores look closer, 2019 and 18, top three. Uh, Roy was at 21, Ushazen was at 19, and Tiger was at 17. Mm-hmm. Ushazen, uh, they look good. Yeah, well, he I mean, he had that great run in the major, and he mm-hmm. ended up losing that one too, but... Uh, but, and you're right, too, Kwame, in golf, it's that quick recovery to be able mm-hmm. to come back after a bad shot and right. not make the next, you know, four or five, you know, and guys will carry it for holes at a time. Right. So when you've got the consistency to have a bad shot, which, which you know, 72 holes, you're going to have one or two. And to come back and then consistently, you know, start gaining momentum again is, uh, that's the ones who win. And I play with a lot of guys, you know, just out here in these, like, you know, I play local tournaments. These guys have played other sports, so mentally they they somewhat tough because they play for a while, but they can't come back in golf. Somehow golf is different and special. They cannot get their mind to, after a bad shot or a bad hole, to get their mind right to focus, okay, that hole is gone. I play with a lot of right. guys that say, I just can't do it. I'm like, how? How yeah. you can't do that? And, and, and it amazes me that they can't. Well, and golf is finesse. You know, with so many other sports, it's you power through and you, you know, you get those strong, powerful thoughts. And with golf, it's letting the thoughts go. And I, I you know, you when you step over the ball. Is. I shot, um, I had three birdies and an eagle yesterday on the front nine of the Legacy. 
and I still shot 36. I had two double bogeys, which for no reason. You? For no reason. No you reason. You had two double bogeys. Golf is hard. <laughs> I'm golf is hard because I was in position not to even get bogey, maybe putting for birdie. Golf isn't hard. Playing golf is hard. Yeah, yeah playing golf is hard. <laughs> and they just make it look easy. To that point, Charlie Charlie Hoffman, uh, this guy, the flowing surfer, blonde hair. Um, he was he was 32nd in yeah. the in the FedEx standings, making the turn on Sunday. Ended up having to make a putt on 18 for par to get into the next week's uh, as the 69th spot because uh, top 70 go to the next round. He had no idea. He's talking about guys that, that can't swallow and, and move on to the next hole. Woo! He, I mean, he he shot a 76. He was in position. He was in position to maybe win this tournament, making the turn. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's absolutely, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, and, and he had no. They interviewed him. He was, seemed like se- semi of a space case. He's like, no idea, man. I had no idea that I was close to missing. <laughs> How, the shot. You not? How you not? You gotta, you gotta know. Right. Surf's up, dude. You <laughs> gotta know. We got Spicoli almost missing the cut. I mean. It, it, I, I, well, I and there's times times you look at the scoreboard and times you need to ignore it. You know, there's times when you have to just focus on your shot and your shot only and then leave that shot alone and go to the next one. Be aware of what the score is, especially going into the final nine. But, sure. I mean, well, but I, that, I that could tense up people as well. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're 13 under or 12 under making the turn and you're in the 30th position, you're like, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way that I could blow up that exponentially to, to, to make yeah. me miss this and maybe... If you're if you're in the top scores, you're you're focused on the leaderboard. You're just adding extra pressure to yourself. Yeah. I don't know how he don't know because his caddy. That's probably one of his cat. As, as a golfer, you like to just w- go around the court. I mean, around the course about your business. As a caddy, I have to been with you long enough to say, all right, we're right here. We need to pick it up, mm-hmm. or right. you know, stay under control. You, you're in good shape. Whatever you do is icing on the cake. As a caddy, you have to be able to do that. And this is exactly why I think Tiger still misses Stevie Williams. Stevie I, no, ma- no matter what happened, no, I yeah, think right. Tiger misses Stevie. I think Tiger. Well, maybe paycheck wise, yeah, hundred million dollars. Yeah, well, I mean, Stevie was part of a lot of that hundred million dollars. Yeah, and this is just on a golf course. It's yeah, on not on Yeah, that's ideal. Yeah, that's endorsements and all that. That's that. ideal is amazing. Uh huh. Well, I think Elon was. I think Elon was the the benefactor of that the most. Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah, one of the scores of cad. One of the classes to become a caddy is negotiating skills. Elon should have got what she. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't think. Anybody can get that much money, should get that much money. But you know what? Tiger had his hand in that, too. So Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholas career earnings, $5.7 million. Tiger's done that four times in a season of golf, which, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Um, uh, ben Hogan didn't even make a million dollars in his career. But gas crazy. used to cost seventy six cents too. So. Yeah, right. But it comes and he used to have to walk. Uh, 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 used to have what? to walk uphill both ways to school. I remember too. when he called seventy six cents. I used to own a gas station. I, I was driving a yeah. uh, Chevy, a little Chevy. Um, it was in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, you guys are old. Seventy six cents. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be old again. I like the gas prices to go back to the old. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about it. You know, yeah. Tiger Wood, Woods. As, as much as we say, like I'm not personally a fan. I like the underdogs. I'm not personally a fan, but the, the hundred million. <laughs> no, the hundred million. That's what I said. <laughs> the hundred million that he's earning, a lot of that's money that he's brought to the sport because of the endorsement deals that he Good and point. the interest. So he's earning his own money. And the times were different too, because Jack Nichols can bring that money when he was playing. He probably bought whatever they were making at right. that time, and it was like was he made a five five point seven million dollars in his lifetime uh-huh. on a golf course. Yeah. but I mean. Today, Jack Nichols make more than that just by sitting on the couch. Well, if he can just go yeah. give a speech someplace, he right. can make some huge right. money. Right. Well, I mean, and Tiger has his what he had the Buick Invitational at Torrey Pines for what seven years in a row. He mm-hmm. won that. He won that for five or six years in a row. 
he was getting paid to show up too. Yeah. So he's getting paid five or seven million dollars, and he's winning a purse of two mil. He goes over to Dubai, and um, they, it's a three point something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To show up. Yeah, exactly. To show up. Show and his then face. He may yeah. win. They or, find that in the couch in Dubai, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's a little bit different. That's different money because we happen them. Okay, so I want to touch real quick on the Ryder Cup. Uh, Davis Love filled out the final four spots. The the captains picks. Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, Dustin Johnson, Brant Snedeker. I'm happy with three of them. You know, Nick Watney is leading in the in the Fantasy Cup rankings. He's not on the team. Uh, I would. That's one that I might have. I might have uh, put in there. But you need to go with experience. And Dave, uh, Steve Stricker and Jim Furyk are consummate professionals. They are golfers. You know, they're not strong guys that that are good at golf. They are golfers. Brant Snedeker is an up and coming star. He's been around the the circuit for a while. He's finally starting to make a real name for himself. Dustin Johnson is the one I don't agree with. He has never come up huge in any big tournament. In the last, in the major, the last three majors, PGA finished plus five, tied for uh, tied for 48th. He missed the cut in the U.S. Open, and he finished ninth in the Open Championship by shooting even par. I, I don't know. He's never. I mean, he was. Um. I think it was. Uh. I think it was the PGA Championship. I can't remember which. It was at Pebble Beach, I believe, where he just blew up on Sunday. He shot seven over in the first three holes and lost his lead, and that was it. Snedeker? No, uh, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he had that penalty also. Oh, that was which, another tournament. Yeah, right. that was another tournament where he had that penalty. And that anybody could have uh, misunderstood that rule because it looked like part of the course, but there was sand there. Right. For people for people that don't remember, he had a grounding penalty. You're not right. allowed to put. You're not allowed to ground your club in a sand trap. And this sand trap was flat, so it kept people had been walking around it the whole day, and it was on the right side of the fairway. It wasn't where a normal sand right. trap would be. Right, right. And he ended up losing a stroke and losing the tournament, which was sad for him. I, I do, I do feel for him on that one. And we mentioned about the uh, the mental part of golf because he never recovered from that. And I, right. this guy was had a commanding lead. He just couldn't recover. And we're talking about a professional guy. And I, I think the uh, Davis Love picks were. A bunch of young, strong guys who can play golf with some uh, some older, mature, mature maturity guys. It's a great balance. Yeah, the balance is good, uh, and I like the Snedeker. I like the people he have in there. I mean, there's arguably every time you can have two or three guys that should be in that don't make it. So, so True. what do you it's do? Be like that. So you know what? I just make them, I bring them over there just for the. Uh, morale or camaraderie because you still that top g- golfer, but you're not playing. I right. bring you over there, make you a, make make you part of my assistant team. And people getting left out of things. We're going to talk about the BCS when we come back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, Kwame Lasseter, Cindy Liska. We'll be back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday 
at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Cindy Liska, Deborah Debris, and Kwame's getting coffee. Oh, yeah, he's not coming back in right now. Uh, we were talking about the Deutsche Bank Golf Tournament, FedEx Cup standings. Uh, now we're going to switch to college football. It was week one of college football this week. It seemed like there was football on every day. Most of it pretty un- pretty uh, non-exciting. Uh, there were a couple, um, you know, Penn State lost to University of Ohio. They were upset by Ohio University, which I think is ridiculous. Penn State is, has been de- has been depleted after this whole Jerry Sandusky thing. Uh, you know, Alabama beats Michigan. I just want to talk about something else. I don't want to talk about the scores necessarily. The preseason rankings, I think, are a joke. Uh, and let, let me give my point out. It's... It's based on last year's finishing and the people that you retain and the and the blue chip players that you bring in. The coaching changes everything, the conference you're in. I think it's ridiculous. I think you play your first two or three weeks when conference football starts is when the rankings should come out. And I think that it, it messes people up. You know, Oklahoma State is, what, ranked 20th. They beat Savannah State 84 nothing. That's going to move them up because all of the people that lost moved down, so they're going to move up. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that a game that's meant only for money for Savannah State should actually hold some weight in, in, in rankings. See, I've always said this. The stand, there should be no standards in the beginning of the season. The standards should become, well, college, they play, some, some of the good schools play 11 to 13 games. Uh, those those standings should be every three games because there's going to be some teams like Savannah Savannah State Murray State Murray State and and playing somebody like Alabama it's a tune up game most times Alabama put those big those small school games at the end of their season so they can rest those guys and get ready for the SEC championship so I think those standings should be every three games and I've said this for a long time I don't yeah. know why no one well, picked I'm, up on this yeah it's it's you know everything I, in sports I is, don't know why either why isn't anybody listening to you I don't know, I don't <laughs> know. anything in sports is you know all about what have you done for me lately so I agree you've got to look at what have they done before you can rank them because to rank them before the season starts makes no sense at all because you don't even know what the team mix up right. is or how they're going to perform together in the new year coaches may have changed a lot of things can change up that uh Get some get some score on the board and then make a decision. And one of you guys made a comment about the um, the uh, coaches. I think it's more so you get these blue chip players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more so, you know, if I can get two blue chip players and if I can keep them in the state, that means I can keep two more next year in the state. Mm-hmm. So it's all about that next guy coming out of high school that's watching or build a, uh, the 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 emergency, the sense of urgency to. Say, let's say University of Virginia or Virginia Tech to stay in the state and play at that school. A lot of them like to go because Florida State, Miami get so much publicity mm-hmm. uh, off of one or two games playing during a year that oh I want to go there. I want to go to Miami because you think in Miami you're not thinking the school. You're thinking I'm going to party in Miami. I'm going <laughs> to school for four years to party in Miami, but not school first. So it's, it's more publicity and and the blue chip players. If I can keep everybody in state or get in everybody from out of this SEC to come to the ACC and play for Miami or Virginia Tech. That's that's what it's about to me. And you have you have schools that like Alabama. Obviously, they're national champions last year, so they're going to be obviously top three. 
they can afford to play Michigan. Say they lost on Saturday. Say Plus. they got their, their butts kicked on Saturday. They're in the toughest division of the toughest conference in the country. So if they lose that one game and they win out, they could still they would still be in the top four for the for the playoff this year. So they had nothing to lose by winning or losing that game. And that's that's again that's unfair because you have teams like say Virginia Tech would have lost like they should have last night. Not uh, they say they should say they would have lost that there's no you wouldn't have heard from them again this year. They would have been a top 18 to 25 school the rest of the year because they lost to an unranked team. Georgia Tech sucks. Because the rankings won't allow them to come back up. And then the right. next team they play. But I like teams like Arkansas State playing Oregon. Arkansas State was the champion in their conference last year. They learned something from it. They got they get to play against one of the powerhouses. And then you watch Oregon. It was like, it's a machine. They were down 43 to 3 with At 10 minutes. Time. No, they were down they were down 43 to 3 with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And then uh, Oregon kind of said, okay. We'll, we'll take our feet off the gas now. If I'm Arkansas State, I'm thinking, okay, it, yeah, it's 57-34 was the, was the final, but it was far worse than that, yeah. far worse than that. But if I'm Arkansas State, I'm taking this. You know, we went out there and we played against the big boys. Let's go back home and beat up everybody else. Nobody should come close to us right. this year because we saw, we seen, and a lot of those guys on Arkansas State think they should have been playing for teams like Oregon, Alabama. Yeah. They That's think, like the whole Boise State team. Exactly. Is, is, is so they Boise, always, yeah. so they always had that. That drive, Boise State always had that to go and play against the big school, and we never gave them their props. And, and they beat teams every year, and but it was a bowl game. They didn't consistently play teams right. in SEC. But when you when you look at Murray State playing Florida, Florida State, that benefits Murray State. Florida State gets to hone their skills on it, and they lost a great defense in um, Florida State did draftable guy, first round guy. But Mur- Murray State that benefits them. That's a million plus dollars to go into their school, and maybe they can get. Um, is that the only reason why they do that? Is for the million yeah, plus absolutely. dollars? Yeah, absolutely. When I was at Kansas, scoring three points against someone who's running up sixty-nine points—is that really? What does that do to your head? How does head? that help the team? How does yeah. that help yeah. your? I it, mean, it's not about teams. It's yeah, school. The, yeah. School money. Right. Now you like to think I'm bringing a guy. I, I'm different from everybody. If I bring you in, I'm bringing you in to make you to go from a boy to a man as much as I can. But I do want you to play against some good competition. I yeah. want you to play against right. I mean, and there's but that's not no. even good competition. Yeah, there's something to be said about getting your ass handed to you. Be like, do you ever want to feel this way again? No, then you're then we're going to do that. Right. Yeah. 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 So I mean, the 84 to nothing. The spread was 74 points. These kids knew what was going to happen before it happened. Then your coach sits you down. So, we're going to move on from here. So Cindy, if I'm playing, if I'm the uh, coach at uh, Murray State, I'm saying, okay, you saw what the big boy football looks like. Um, we we not we not bad. We're we, not them. We're not them yet. I'm saying we're not them yet. Something to aspire to. Right. We have to get uh, better recruiting. Um, it could be also better coaching. But here's what we got to strive to be. So when we play them, it's not a it's not a forty sixty nine three ball game. No. Because uh, everybody wants to play. Those guys at Murray State thought they had a chance. They in the back of their mind they didn't. But they thought if I go out there and play hard, I got a chance. And if the coach prepare them all summer, and that was their first game. You prepare them all summer. Winter condition, uh, summer camp, two days. I know I'm playing Florida State my first game. My whole mental and focus is different. And the same thing with right. SEC, with uh, Alabama playing Michigan. Those guys will focus all camp because they know I'm playing Michigan. And, well, and, and, a, and oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and as a player too, I would look at it not just uh, you know can the team win when you're playing against somebody that you pretty much know you can't, but it's like what can I do? How can I show my skills on the field? Because you never know who's watching. And I give you that, but is it also something where they couldn't even punch it in the end zone? I mean, you got to at least get a touchdown in for your mental state to be a little bit more. Po- you you couldn't score a touchdown. I, I think they got a field goal and they almost they 
they didn't get 70 points. Is that a positive? No, that's not. You know what? You're missing, you're missing the second point. Team was missing in. the point. Second team was in. So Florida State's second team is better than Murray's first team. Yeah, and just, I'm not going to let you score and give you false hope, a false sense of hope. If I can beat you down, I'm going to beat you down. That You have to get better from that. Yeah, it's not street ball. Yeah, right. this is, what, for real. This is the yeah. Appalachian State effect. So one team has done it. One one double A team beat a powerhouse in Michigan. Okay, so this, so it's po- anything's possible. What Kwame said, there's a chance they could win. You know, the stars could align and everything. But this is, I think, a coaching technique and a money maker, and that's what college football is about. So until that changes, until the BCN is depleted and you have a 16 team playoff, this is how it's going to be. You have to win every game. Yeah. You have to win every game, and that's how it's going to have to be. So you take these teams. Oh, you, you'll take a million dollars for us to beat your asses? Sure, we'll take a win. And you can go down this list. You can look down a list like Buffalo playing Georgia. Um, I don't think that Michigan game, Michigan losing to Alabama hurt them at all. From Looking from here, I don't think they hurt them all. They, but, played, a, they played national champion. They played a, a team that's caliber of possibly being a national champions again, and Michigan State goes in. It's just it's the conference. I, the conference is right. battle-tested all the time. If you're going to pass the ball all the time, you're not going to pass it on us because we're going to beat you down by fourth quarter. You're an average team. Yeah, I mean, and Wisconsin being 12th, they almost lost. Uh, Stanford almost lost. They're 21st. That's the Andrew Luck, and that's Russell Wilson right there. So that's another reason why this is why the preseason rankings are ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think with the 14 playoff this year, I think it's going to help, but I think it might even make things worse until they expand it more, because all of these things will be magnified even more. Because oh, we're not top four teams. Look at our pedigree even more. If you have to understand that. If you're not in the top two teams, if you've lost more than one game or if your strength of schedule isn't strong enough, then you're not going to be in the national championship game. That's understood until this point. But now there's a lot more leeway, even with two more teams being added. I just don't know how it's going to plan. I don't know how it's going to pan out. It's going to pan out at the most, the most money they can make at the end of the year. And that's how it's going to pan out. If they can put another two teams in later, when it start, the 2013 or 14? I think it starts next year. Next year. That's going to be a problem too because there's going to be another two teams that should have been in there that's not going to be in there. It's going to be, and there's going to be a team like Oklahoma State last year who lost the game when they shouldn't have lost the game in a final to a team that they should have destroyed. Yeah. That's why you get teams like Murray State, the Buffaloes against Georgia, a chance to win football games. It, it makes their team better if they have intelligent enough coaching mm-hmm. over there to get those guys prepared. Say, don't let that loss affect you. You lost to a team that battles this week every week. And we don't play competition like that every week. Yeah, wins and losses are all about how they are going to affect you. And if you can set that up ahead of time and then deal with it after the game as well, then it can actually be a positive. It's funny to me that this is happening right after Kellen Moore leaves Boise State. (laughs) I mean, I know it's coincidental, but Boise State... Uh, last year, if there was a 14 playoff, oh, they lost it. Missed a field goal last year too. Mm-hmm. Two years in a row, they could have been the national championship game two years in a row. Uh, An interesting game too was that South Carolina Vanderbilt. Yeah, and, and their quarterback, they lost their his, their quarterback can't even raise his arm now. That's another thing. They've oh, they are always overhyped South Carolina because the old ball coach is still there. Steve, right? And we yeah. went back to that. We talked about that earlier. Whoever the coach is, um, these coaches vote for each other. So it's not so much the players. Uh, you do look at who's coming back. Except for Lane Kiffin, because he can't vote for himself, and he got coached. He got caught. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, you look at those guys. Lane Kiffin is a joke. Yeah. But he falls always falls into the right situation somehow. Well, I mean, even though they gave gifts again, so they might be sanctioned out starting next year. USC looked really good. Oh, you talking about USC uh, is like going to be night. USC USC is going to be really good. Yeah. And yeah. all I'm hoping for is LSU. 
and Alabama to be on the same side of the bracket in the 14 playoff, and then because they have to be, and then I have USC and maybe or if it was USC, Oregon, USC LSU has to and deal Alabama Oregon State. They huh? have to deal with Oregon. Yeah, right. Oregon so State. you have those two, and it, either way, it's going to be a, an offensive powerhouse versus a defensive powerhouse. That's what we've been waiting to see and haven't seen it in the in the better part of in the better part of a decade. You're already planning the party, aren't I you? I know, right? That, <laughs> well, <laughs> those are those are the top four teams in the He's country. So, so happy. You need a you need like. A, a cigarette, not that you smoke anymore. I do not. You like you like you about to. I'm, I'm excited. To take a shower. I'm now. excited. No, because now you actually have a chance to see. Uh, take a nap, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm passionate about sports, but no, that. he's passionate about Pull USC. Pull that caffeine away no, from him. He, no, he's passionate. Boy, about, he is passionate about sports. Well, we get, we get that. But USC. The Lakers, uh, who else in California? Is I'm not a Dodger Kings. fan. Hey, yeah. I'm not a Dodger fan. Well, you're an Angels fan? No, I'm not. Okay. I don't like baseball. Wait. Oh, Cindy. Oh. <laughs> no, I like baseball. Of course I like baseball. Dodgers are, are doing some good stuff now, too. Yeah. It's better than the Rockets. I don't care about the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks is the one that pissing me off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Diamondbacks. Again. I just, I just want to give. Yeah. So, uh, the top, the four teams in baseball, I'm going to switch real fast. The four teams in baseball, as of right now, they're going to make the playoffs. In the National League, Atlanta, St. Louis, uh, Cincinnati, Washington, and San Francisco. Those are the five teams. Who would have freaking thought that Nationals? that was going to happen? I think the Nationals is. Well, I mean, they're going to cut off. Uh, See, the Nationals are crazy. I don't understand they're, they're, this yeah. thinking. I don't understand this thinking at all. He's going to take the ball from them and be like, I'm not leaving. Right. I mean, you, can't, you can't win the division every year. What do you Baseball think? is very difficult to win Absolutely. and make the playoffs and make the World Series and everything. And so, if I'm a teammate, if I'm on that team and I'm out there in the center field or shortstop and I'm thinking, put the best pitcher on the game, we're here. We're not gonna, we haven't been here in a while. We here now. He can pitch at least three innings. Give us three innings out of him. Yeah. I know. I understand. I do believe because it's done both ways. I, I start you off slow and let you finish strong, or I start you off strong and, and take you away. And he's pitched all year. Who says that 160 innings is the target number? Well, then you always got to pronounce. You always got these geniuses that know more about baseball. Idiots. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you're right. You could turn him into a middle reliever, having pitched three three innings or three two innings, innings every other, every other game or something. Because exactly. this is this is unprecedented. Knocking some guy down that is a potential Cy Young winner because right. for pre- for preventative uh, reasons after having Tommy John surgery. Wasn't that a big deal in this World Series a few years ago with the Red Sox with Grady Little pulling? Well, he put, when he pulled his uh, arm, shoulder. Well, they pulled. Um, you're looking at me oh, like I've got an answer I know. for you. <laughs> I don't know why. I am the, the wrong I'm still person. To that, you look at Deborah. Deborah got all the answers. I am the wrong person to look <laughs> and, at. And, uh, it was a big deal with. I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. we're gonna look it up. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. at Cormier Lasseter Sports Talk. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports if you want to talk about the east coast sports scene particularly from the southeast make sure you tune in to the jeff owen show every tuesday yeah we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there but host jeff owens and co-host tasha humphrey know the inside and out of the georgia college sports world and they were born there raised there and still live the scene We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to Palmer Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter, Deborah DeVries, Cindy Liska in studio. We were talking about college football. We're going to switch quickly to John Skelton, Kevin Cobb. The $20 million man will now be seeing as many downs the first week as I will be. Uh, John Skelton named the starter. He'll be seeing more because he's at camp. Well, or he's yeah. I'll be, be watching the game. <laughs> as long as Skelton well, you're not going to practice. Yeah, I don't have a headset on, but that doesn't mean anything. Both of those guys was going to play this year. I'm just glad that they selected a quarterback before the nonsense. They did it early. They did it at the mm-hmm. right time so it can sink into everybody's mental, psyche. yeah, psyche, their mental, their their human nature. Whereas to say, okay, we don't talked about it, we discussed it, or we're happy about it. Okay, now it's out of our system. I think John Skelton is the better chance for the Cardinals to win more games. This year, oh, I, I had the Cardinals, and this is mostly, mostly predicated on their defense. At least ten and six. Yeah, ten and six. You just said you six. Said you said six wins. No, I said eight. No, no, I didn't. I said John Skelton. Oh, John uh, Skelton will get you right. six wins. Not the team. Hey, Monk, roll the tape back. That was off air. You can't even hear it. At the risk of playing devil's advocate, though, is is Skelton the better quarterback or is he the lesser of two evils? He's the better quarterback. I think he's the better quarterback. For that system, he's been in the system long enough. Yeah, for that system, you have. We've talked about last week. You have about the respect of the locker room, which is another. Thing uh, you have two running backs. If they're both like able-bodied, if they're both able-bodied running backs, you can have a two-headed monster back there. You know, when you have top three receiver in the NFL, you have a very uh, turnover-driven defense uh, that gives up a lot of points. But they didn't give up a lot of points a lot of games well, had, last year. They had no choice because the offense put them in situations that it is tough to come back from. I played on that arena football field where we was always playing from the 40 yards in because mm-hmm. our offense would throw interceptions or they would turn the ball over. Something would happen where they play on the short field. And I think the Cardinals defense probably won- will be in the top ten this year, uh, especially with the new packages they have. They, they're going to blitz a lot more. Uh, they got guys up there. They cut some veteran guys, whereas mm-hmm. you think I was going. They were going to be on this team, and we looked at this team. My thing with John Skelton uh, over on the offense side of the ball is that let's watch him and see now that he knows he's a starter, how much command he takes, how much confidence he goes into the that huddle and come out and make a plays because. You know, the successful quarterback with the Cardinals, we can we just got to go back to uh, Kurt Warner, where this guy walks out of the huddle right. and he knows exactly where he's going to ball. He's able to change the play to the line of scrimmage, and the coaches allow that. He did have uh, what's the uh, the head coach, who's now the offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he was the head coach in uh, Kansas City when he left there. Oh, yep, Todd Haley. Todd Haley, Haley thank you. Um, 
too many concussions doing football, but look, <laughs> he he just watch his confidence level and how everyone and you mentioned the locker room likes him better. I think most of the team talks about him more than Kevin Cobb, and is 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 it still bothers me that the Cardinals will pay a guy all that money and he's not going to even play, and then they will bring another guy, and this is what this is their mo. They've done this, and I thought they've gotten away from it because. The organization is a lot better. I'm talking about a hundred times better if there's a thing from the time when I was there to now. They got a lot better in, in bringing the right players in, not guys who's just free agency, not bringing an Emmett Smith in who's done just to sell tickets. Edge. Especially when you had um, Marcel Ship, uh, uh, Josh Scobie, and Damian Anderson back there. You didn't need a, a Emmett Smith. You had what you had. Let those guys grow. Those chance, guys never got a chance to grow, so they had to move on somewhere else because you thought Emmett Smith for two years was going to be was going to help you go to the Super Bowl. Right. And the hope would be that what we've seen from Skelton in the past, how he's been able to step into the game and play hard, that now that he's been named, so there's not that indecision going on and the what if going on, that he's going to step up, step up even more, that he'll have a higher level of confidence and start taking a greater command of the team than he's taken in the past, which has already been pretty darn good. And, and I say that because when I became the starter, I had a different walk. I had confidence that I was I should be the starter anyway, but time is time. You got to buy your time, uh, and I prepared every day like I was starter. But when I was the starter, I was I, I was giving everybody a Heisman. We were running the calls I called mate. That's so right. you got to well, take control of it. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. Just from a human nature, that there's a difference between you feeling like a leader and having everybody looking right, at you to right. be the leader absolutely. that you step up even more than you have in the past. Does it make you interested or committed, Deborah? It could make it you <laughs> either one, interested that's or the, committed. We got uh, down and dirty with Deborah right now. Sorry, that was my segue. I was trying to be <laughs> coy about it. Good. You like that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Deborah. If you can get some music to go with that, would be all cool. So interested or committed is what I want to talk about today. And one of the things that I've noticed when I've talked to players over the years, and I ask them the question, football players coming in, is, you know, do you want to make it in the NFL? You know, these college guys that are coming in. And you get answers like, yeah, of course I do. Or, you know, doesn't everybody? Or, that'd be cool. And to me, that's not a committed answer. You know, that to me, that's interested. Yeah, that, you know, I'm interested in doing it, but they're not really fully committed. They're not bought into the fact that it's possible and that they're going to do whatever it takes to make it. When I hear a guy, when I ask that same question and I can hear their tone of voice change, I mean, there's a resonance that changes in their tone of voice. There's a different in the, the pattern of how they speak and how they respond to that question. Then I know I've got somebody who's really highly committed that they're going to do anything and everything that it's going to take. When we look at what does it mean to be really committed, <clears throat> there's four points I want to talk about. One is you got to be able to bust your butt. That's the physical commitment. That's looking at and being at that high level of intensity each and every week, on the field, off the field, in the meetings, every place that you are, you're always bringing your A game. The second part of that is stop making excuses, the verbal commitment. To be very specific about what your outcomes are going to be, get really crystal clear because you know what? Nobody really cares about your excuses, and I mean nobody cares about your excuses. So you better you better be the one that makes a decision. What are you going to do? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And then get out there and actually get it done. Number three is take a risk. This is the emotional commitment because risk-taking is really a matter of overcoming your fear in order to do what your emotional body is saying. Mm-mm, no, you do that, you're going to get hurt. You're going to have some pain. You might fail, you know, those type of things. And that gut-wrenching pain that happens whenever you fail, the one that if it lasts, it's called suffering, which we've talked about in the past, that's up to you how long that lasts. 
But if you don't take a risk, you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it big. You might make it through college, but you're never going to make it to the next levels. And when you take a risk, and even if you fail, when you know how to get back up and do it again and then do it right and start building your success on that, you actually start building your confidence. You build your own self-respect and you build a belief that you can actually do it. So you start building off past successes, which allows you to take even greater risk. And the fourth part of that is stop the shiny object syndrome. This is a commitment to knowing how to control your mind and then doing it. You know, the mind tends to wander around if we don't take control of it. You know, look at that. Did you see that? What happens if I lose? What happens if I miss? You know, what happens if we lose this game? All those type of thoughts can go on. That's the shiny object syndrome. You know, just looking around at everything that might take your attention away, and you've got to freaking stop it. You know, you've got to be able to quiet your mind, use the tools and techniques that it takes to quiet your mind, and ask yourself, what's the most important thing for me to focus on right now? and then do it. So a sustainable success takes being committed to what you want most, not all the things that you want, what you want most in the moment and going for it. Your validation that you've done well comes from knowing that you've left it all out on the field each and every time. YourClearEdge.com, down and dirty with Deborah. Call Deborah 480-212-1909. She's good. I want to know how you stop shiny objects syndrome. See, I thought that was uh, I Tolo's that. NFL guy stopped buying the jewelry that it has no body. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I it thought was. it was the bland syndrome. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a, no, that's a whole other segment. Kwame okay. yeah. will be at Stand Up Live in, in uh, Phoenix this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Two drink minimum. I'm a, mm, we drinking all night. If I'm staying uh-huh. in Yeah, what's his minimum stuff? They yeah. don't sell margaritas there. I, I, I got to drink the <laughs> I drink with my pinky up, so it's gonna be all good. Oh dear lord! Uh, does this does this that's another subject too? Does this focus mainly on college players? I know in the NFL we were just talking about Kevin yeah. Cobb and John Skelton. Is the and this is I'm gonna bring up money Go really quickly. Does the intra, does the commitment level once being paid uh, retracted back to just being interested because you've already it can done? Because I mean Kevin Cobb, I mean that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. He's lost his drive because he played seven NFL pro games. And he got paid this much money, and now where, where's the drive for him for the next, right. until he runs out of money, where's his drive? And that's a great question, because a lot of that is internal, internal motive as to, you know, what are they going to do, and are they looking for what else can I do to be successful? So some guys reach a certain level of success, and success from them might be, I get that big paycheck. So once I get the paycheck, I'm done. You know, I'll go out there, I'll do my thing, I get my paycheck, and I'm done. For other guys, it's not about the paycheck. It's about their level of commitment to themselves and what what's the next stat that I can break. Who else can I be better than? And always setting the bar higher instead of um, lowering the bar, you know, and, uh, you know, or lowering the floor, you raise the bar mm-hmm. in order to go to that next level. I would, I would tell you to add on to that, Deborah, is um, a lot of guys, um, I've seen some guys get paid and they just fall off, and I wonder why. I, wonder, I always thought... Is because they got paid, they don't have to work hard anymore, anymore. Or was their main that was their main goal to get into football, get paid, and say, okay, I've got mine. I'm just gonna relax and not get hurt, so I can enjoy the rest of my life. Also, Kevin Cobb getting paid is not his fault. No, Kevin Cobb, not. he should be thanking Andy Reid for the trade. They mm-hmm. got they got a better player than we got over here in Arizona. They got uh, DRC and draft pick and a draft pick, and we got Kevin Cobb who played seven games at the most in Philadelphia and lost his starting job. He was a backup for Donovan when he played in those games. Now I watched those games and he threw the ball lights out. Uh-huh. And but then he was he went right back. If he was that good, he went right back to the backup. When Donovan got back healthy, he was a starting quarterback going in two two years ago, two or three years ago. Then he got hurt in Green Bay. Michael Vick came in fresh out of prison. Um, 
took the job and he was never relinquished the job mm-hmm. again. He was never he was a backup again. So him being a young guy um, allowed him to get paid because the numbers he put up in the three game in his in the three game three or four game span he had in Philly and then as a starter when he was the fully starting quarterback until um, Michael Vick took his job. But he can thank Andy Reid for that. Well, and for some guys, uh, anybody, but for we're talking football right now, that for some guys that big contract, you know, that can be a driving factor, going towards that big contract, going towards the next one, going towards the bonuses, those type of things. For other guys, it can be debilitating. You know, that all of a sudden they get all that money and now they get all the expectations to go with it and there's a lot more pressure and all of a sudden it's not that they're not interested, it's that they're scared to death and they don't know how to deal with sure, it. Sure, I mean, in the, the, um, average, the average, uh, lifespan for an NFL player in the NFL is, is three years now, I think three and a half years. Mm-hmm. So once you get that money, it's like, oh, well, but I, I, I would disagree with you there then because I think that once they make that, it's like, I don't care. A lot of people don't care. Like, look at Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt gets paid a lot of money. He doesn't care. He's been arrested eight times. But he's been the NFL. He's been an idiot before he even got in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, but see, a lot of that doesn't have to do with the money. It has to do with a lot of more internal things that are going on with them. One of your questions was, do you want to be make it into the NFL? A a lot of guys want it, but some guys got to have it. So those guys who have to have it, their whole focus are different. They got tunnel vision to a lot of things. A lot of guys want to just say, oh, I go to this school, that school, I'm gonna get drafted. We play two games on TV. can make two plays. That happens in, uh, from the collegiate level to the professional level. That happens. though. And then you get there, you wonder, what happened to this guy? Well, he was never good anyway. Yeah. He went to a certain school. Some t- I think 40, 30, 35% of it is the buddy system, I'm taking care of friend. Now, I would do that too, but at the same time, I let them know, look, you come in here as quickly as I hire you for a lot of different personal reasons, I'll fire you for the same ones. Well, and part of the question, too, is not only are you, you know, do you want to make it into the NFL, but then the second question is what are you willing to get up, give up to get there? Because there are certain things that you've got to be able to give up in your personal life, just like the Olympians, you know, and anybody in any other sport that you have to give up in order to get the yeah, bigger I mean, prize. A lot of times with that, it's a good thing to give that up. People not necessarily know in the first it place. Yeah. And, and, of course, the only t- the only things we hear about are the bad things like Pac-Man Jones and all these guys that can't get out of their the friendship. Michael Vick couldn't get out of like their with their friends who uh, who weren't positive influences for them. Too loyal. Michael Vick, I know his situation. We're from the same place. But, he's, but you're right in what you're saying. He's He's... He's just too loyal to his friends, and his friends are the ones going to sell you out. Well, I'm loyal well, to my some, friends. Yeah, but I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say from our friend, perspective. Well, see, you've set boundaries. I, I've set boundaries, yeah, my friend. For you, maybe, Don't, not for me. I've set boundaries. Define your friendship with me, or and, and vice versa. Don't do things that you know I won't do. I had right. guys like that. You know I wouldn't do something like that. Don't put me in that position if right. you really care about right. me. And you busted your ass your whole life to get guy, to where you are. Right, and this guy was on um this guy was on a golf course, and I called in. Well, he used my name. I said, fine, because we play cheap to free. Luckily, some other guy was there and said, that's not Kwame. But he was on a T-Boss acting a fool, and he mm. was a black guy, and he was, they just thought it was me. You know how y'all think. Look, he, um. <laughs> that's why I don't hang out with <laughs> that's, that's called a space space. <laughs> he was acting a fool on a golf course, talking about one guy. I'm like, goodness gracious. He did this twice. Mm. He did this twice. Uh, and one time they told me not to show up at the course, and I didn't, they called me. And I'm like, I hung up. I thought it was a joke. And he's like, he's arguing with the girl at the cock girls. Not, not enough crown in his um, mm. drink, or too much pet coke in his crown. Sounds like you. That sounds like you. That was, no, I don't know. I don't. I got there first. No, both of y'all. <laughs> but you know, it, it is. You know, guys like that don't come up here. And if you my friend, these guys can't separate that. They have no boundaries with their friends. They don't know to tell them, this is not me. Don't do that. They, you shouldn't have to tell them. Michael Vick. 
friends, mostly friends his don't cousin. Take, friends don't, don't take, take advantage of you. Right, yeah. his cousin. Guys, we, I was having this conversation Saturday with uh, another guy who played for 16 years. He, he's like, people, he, people actually got mad at when him when from the first time he was in the NFL to he left, he was taking care of them. Then when he said no, he was the worst person in the world. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You're a grown man. You those want me to say the world? Are, those are the parasites. Right. See, those, and, I, yeah. and I say to those people that you didn't call me when I was in college. You didn't ask me how my exams were, what do I need anything. And I'm, when I got to the league, everybody had my number. Right. So I mm. called my grandmother and said, don't get my number out again. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> right. yeah. I mean, everybody had my number. And I was like, it's crazy. But you can't, if you can't separate your friends from your, those parasites and those right. leeches, then it's your fault. Yeah, people pipe. people don't want to do it for themselves. They want to hang out with other people who have done it and then be able to say, well, I must be special, too, because I'm hanging out with you and you yep. did something great. Absolutely. Uh, I think we need – let's switch gears. Uh, that was a good down and dirty conversation. Uh, NFL pra- uh, replacement officials. Uh, if, you've seen the movie, if, if you've seen the movie The Replacements, the you know it's not going to go very well. Unfortunately, they can't take guys that ref in college because the guys are refing right now. So you have, there was this one guy that was spotlighted, spotlit, spotlighted? Spotlighted. I make him up anyways. <laughs> you make worse up anyways. Spot, 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 had a big glowy thing on him. <laughs> Spotlightedness. He was highlighted. Uh, highlighted. Yeah, he was uh, one guy that was highlighted. Go ahead. Highlight. Highlighted. Uh, uh, Texas high school referee will now be on the on the core uh, uh, NFL refereeing Straight team. from high school? Yeah. He didn't so, even go to college? No, well, no, he, he refs high school games. I know, but he didn't ref a co- I don't believe so. I think so the, co- I think the coaches great. will kill him if the owners don't. Oh, yeah, yeah they will. So they will. now let's, now let's, so, okay, granted, there's going to be, we'll just understand there's going to be a lot of blown calls, there's going to be a lot of no calls, there's going to be a lot of calls that didn't happen. Injury-wise, injury-wise, how much of an impact do you think it'll have for protecting these players? Because that's really what referees are there to do. They're there to call the game fairly, they're there to call the lines, Ooh, and they're there to protect the players. Don't you think they're going to be overly cautious, though? I think so. Instead of underly? So you're underly? Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> At least mine sounded like well, a we word. Hi- we high-lit <laughs> and we're underly. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to be more conscientious over-protecting things as opposed to under. I think they're going to try harder to be... To be professional, professional. referees, to, to be the, the... To be wardens, to be guards. Right, because they can be brainwashed now. Those veteran referees, you they know football because they've been in a long time. Now, these guys are excited to be there because most times my goal is to, if I'm a high school ref, my goal is to start refing in college mm-hmm. and then move up to another level. It's mm-hmm. just like those guys is playing the game. They start in high school. And their goal is to be in the NFL. So they're going to be brainwashed to do exactly what uh, the commissioner want them to do. Yeah. Throw the fa- you thought, we thought flags yeah, were thrown really. two years ago. And fines are going to be up the wazoo. It's going to yeah. be bad calls. I think here, here's the solution to it. You asking these old you asking old men to run with professional athletes who can't run. With, why don't you get some professional athletes? Professional athletes who can do, can do this. Now you don't have to have twenty fifty million referees on the on, yeah, the, on the football field. Do you have a field. bias there? I, I, there will be a bias. I mean, you have to take this test. As long as you they're have, not betting on the games. As long as they're not betting on the game, but <laughs> I, it can be. It's tough. And I and I thought of this also. Well, I played for the Cardinals and then. I want the Cardinals to win. Right. Again, you can't yeah. be a referee if you even have those thoughts. You can't be a referee. You can't referee like uh, David Boston's dad is a referee. He can only referee David Boston games if it's preseason. He cannot do it in a regular season. So you can't referee, and it's, it's tough because a lot of guys play for multiple teams. You can't referee games you play, but you got the, some of the best 
conditioned athletes about, on the field. How about you do this? How about you pay the effing referees? You have a six billion dollar pie. You're you're arguing oh, fifty five oh, million oh, over seven years. Way more than that. Was they looking at the pensions? And it's, all that oh, it's too. way more than that. For, they make they make fourteen billion dollars before the ball is kicked off. Eight mil, eight eight billion dollars before the ball is even kicked off. That, so pay the guys that pay the guys that make these games run smoothly. I think that's. I think even more than the players. I mean, I know that's weird to say, but these referees, they. But I know it's. I know they're part time, so that's the whole thing. That's the big deal. These are professionals too. Yeah, I mean, I think isn't Ed Hockley a lawyer? He's, he's an a attorney lawyer. He's yeah. an attorney, but he, he, uh, and he's got huge guns. He <laughs> can kill somebody with pads on. <laughs> His well, son's doing college. The, the college game the other day. Really? Yeah. He did. Well, I, I, I suggest you pay the guys who's been doing it longer. Ten plus. Well, you pay the guys who's the referees. Who's going over this money issue right now? Those are guys that know the game way better than the, these replacement referees. We watched the preseason game, and I felt sorry for some of them oh referees. Man. They oh didn't God. know what to do. Holy they looked man. like a deer with the headlights. Well, in they're there. excited and they're scared. Scared to so death. So that's the same thing. Yeah, I mean that's the same thing when we're talking about <laughs> players and whatever else. You get that kind of type of combination. Their reflexes are down. They can't think straight. They're gonna make bad and it has calls. Has to be split second reaction yeah, time. It has to be. Even I mean, uh, and they're starting through their mind trying to figure out what the rules are here because right. they're not the same as they were in college. And I know? think the funny part is that because these referees have other jobs, they don't need they can hold out still. Because it doesn't matter well, for them. They're sitting they, at home laughing at yeah, what's going on right salaries. now. Right. I, I and think the NFL if, knows that too. If Hockey mm-hmm. makes, you know, say he makes 80000 a year as, as an attorney, that's fine. Yeah. He doesn't have to work for 16 and he don't weeks. Even, he doesn't even work as an attorney anymore. He just have a firm now. Yeah. And it's out here in Arizona. Yeah. He just have a firm. Love he that. has other people. Yeah, he's, so I, this I, I like the guy. Pillows so, hours. So, yeah. Yeah. so this one, so this, this strike might last a while. Ed Hockley's probably the guy who's, in the forefront of all this with the NFL, and he's getting paid on the back, front end, back end. Yeah, because he has the he probably has a cut off shirt that he wears, like a tie and a cut off hey, shirt. One of the rules, <laughs> one of the rules I just found out this year, and it's, it's still strange to me that if your helmet come off in a game, you have to sit out of play. That's high school and really and college. I mean. High school and if college. If you take it off. No, no, if it comes off. So, so if you take it off, you get a flag. So they you figure you haven't strapped flag. it on well enough or what? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out because it happens. Somebody hit me hard enough it in my upper body. It could be concussion uh, where it, it could well, be. It's concussion concussion awareness, yeah. but why is that the, t- the player's problem? I mean, I could see if he didn't because strap it on out, well enough. You, you, give him, you give him a look. I mean, a lot of times they just pop off, but a lot of times that they pop off sense. because you get popped under your helmet. But that makes sense. Side. But I watched this guy hit the ground and his helmet came off, and nobody he got his, grabbed his helmet and put it back and put it back on, went to the sideline. Nobody flashlighted him or checked him out. So I, I thought highlighted him. Yeah, highlight highlighted him. <laughs> <laughs> underly, underly no, highlight. Nobody put the flashlight in his face or anything. Right. So I don't so understand the rules. So I just need I got to find some clarity on that, Cindy, since you like to okay. look things up. Okay, I, 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 we can get it for next week. Yeah. Okay, I'll be calling in probably. Uh, MJD and just hold out. He's making nothing. He he was second leading rusher. He was a leading rusher in the year of the in the NFL last year. He's I think he's got like five million left on his on his two year contract. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. He's gonna Pay lose one point two million in fines well, you know for hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pay the man. But this new owner's making a stance, and mm-hmm. I like the. Well, the you're not gonna pay the best running back in the NFL. No, because he's got to get a, play out your contract that you agreed to. And I think you should do that, but I don't. And I'd say it's not a forte think, effect. And I don't think you should be cut if you sign a contract. See, it works both ways. That's why the players do this with two years on their contract. But this new owner is saying, if you got two years on your contract, you're going to play up to one. And I know who you are as a player and what you mean to this team. If it was me, I'd give him a long-term deal. That's just me because I'm 
that's just me. Well, but you could go back in and bonus some things too. Let's 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 give you some bonuses based on what you're going to do for me now. Yeah, I mean, Matt Forte was making five hundred thousand dollars last year. They were waiting Criminal. for him. They were right. They were waiting. Well, it's, I mean, it's close to the same. I mean, they're they're waiting for him to hurt himself so they didn't have to pay him less, and it happened. And that's what they're trying to do with MJD. He's missed five games in his whole career in the NFL as a running back. That's unheard of. They did this with. He's uh, durable. He's low to the ground. He's like Darren Sproles. I mean, he's he's just. Right. Compacted zero percent body go. fat. Play them, pay the man. What about the guy in Tennessee? They I thought the Chris, t- Johnson. Chris Johnson fantasy. Yeah, they messed. Uh, mm, you sound like you should seeing Soprano. We're back to taking that cigarette yeah. again. <laughs> no, but Chris Johnson. I think the team messed him up last year. Who's uh, for football, out. Deb? They <laughs> holding this guy out, holding this guy out um, for that long, and expect him to come back doing football for football shape in a football game is impossible. Yeah. And everybody dogged him out and said he's not the same Chris Johnson. Well, you can practice on your own and work out on your own. It's not the same working right. out with your team. And he has and a full camp this shape. year, so I'm sure yeah. he'll come back to his rare yeah. form. Well, I mean, and they have Rashad Jennings there, too, in Jacksonville, who definitely can make a name for himself. If MJD doesn't perform well, they have a back. Right. Rashad is starting younger. this game, the yeah. first game of the season. Well, and he's got MJD's got some catch-up time to do now, too. Yeah. Yeah. He I'll take him about two, two or three games. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope. I mean, I hope he doesn't get hurt. I mean, this is like, and this is the time. If you do your holdout, it's a double-edged sword. So now you, you, you end your holdout, but now you, the chance of you getting hurt is exponentially greater yeah. because you haven't been in camp the whole right. time. And, and that usually happens, hamstrings or something like that, mm-hmm. because you're not running through camp. Camp is, right. camp is when you get your body battle ready oh, for the football brutal. season. It yeah. is. It is. And guys, I, I only know one guy that I know of the they got ready, got in shape in camp. That's Larry Sinners. That guy came in shape. And well, he was always, you know, he looks like he's supposed to be there, but then he would run every play in camp to get in shape, and then it took him right into the season full speed. Ready to go. And that's why these guys have been playing. Some guys have been playing in the fourth game of the season, the fourth game of the preseason. You need you need to keep your juices flowing. Well, their body, their mind, hit the ice tubs, do whatever you right. got to do to make sure that your body isn't going to you know, retract on you. Well, we got to go. Uh, Deborah, any final words, Cindy? Sky's blue, got to go. Time Build the bridge. you're having fun. Hey, um, Build the bridge like the Giants. Heart goes out to the family and friends of Michael Clark Duncan. I that one really crushed me. I was very saddened by that. Yeah. What happened? Kareem, well, he's not a lot. He's he passed away yesterday. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he with uh, Amarosa? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Big Green guy, Mile guy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a sweetheart of a if guy. If y'all ever watched the Green Mile, you know, mm. go go watch it again. Tell me the significance in the movie. A little spirituality. You think going he on. was? Uh, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Leska. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he was part of that, but I don't know. Cindy Leska, Deborah Debris, Down and Dirty, YourClearEdge.com. We will have a something to talk about next week entitled The Sounds of Autism. We're getting it together, so stay tuned for that. Kwame Lasseter, we will be back next week. for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.